so nervous. Why are you nervous? Because we're going to have to talk about a movie. <laughs> uh, it's all going to be recorded, and if we mess up, that's it. Is this the opening sketch? This we're is gonna... actually live. Oh, God. That means that people are hearing the words from my mouth right now. Is this the thing about it being called Cape Fear? Oh, I feel so much Cape Fear. <laughs> <laughs> it is is it whack (laughs) cue the music ian (laughs) welcome to another episode of is it whack on this one we're scared Uh, I tried to make a Cape Fear joke to start off. You all loved it. Seb read it from a mile away. Um, This is a podcast where we talk about movies. We talk about whether or not specific movies that we've chosen are whack or not whack. Whack? I mean, that can mean a lot of things, right? That can mean good. That can mean bad. That can mean problematic. That can mean not problematic at all. That can mean it did something weird. That can mean it didn't do something weird. The point is, whack is a relative term, and on this episode, we aim to break down movies and then fire up that old wacko meter and decide, is it whack? Is it? Is it? Should I intro the movie? So the movie that we're talking about today is... Cape Fear, the one from 1962. But before Seb talks about that, I'm going to tell you who I am. (laughs) I am Adam. Bovo Lettuce, um, and this is a podcast that's put on by Insomniac Film Festival, which is a festival that we all work on. My name is Seb Bovo Lettuce. That's a lie. That's a straight up lie. <laughs> it's also, like Cape Fear is playing with your mind. Oh, God, get out of my head. I also uh, work at the Insomniac Film Festival. <laughs> I'm Nara. <laughs> Nara also works at the Insomniac Film Festival. Is that true? I never see you in the office. <laughs> Wait a second. We don't have an office. <laughs> never see you at the HQ. <laughs> that volcano. We should get a volcano. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of an office? Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Um, we should give a warning about this movie. We're going to be talking about Cape Fear. Yes. It's a movie. It's pretty extreme. Um, some of the content could be triggering to people listening. Um, we will try to be very careful when we talk about it, but we obviously will have to mention um, stuff that happens in the movie sometimes, but there is um, a lot of mentions and threats of sexual assault in the film, um, a lot of um, emo- emotional manipulation and gaslighting behavior, and also some uh, abuse of um authority in the film that's true um that is understandable in the context of the film but when we are talking about it it might be kind of confusing and you might be like why are these guys like kind of cheering for this police officer who's just abusing his power well that's that's something i do want to talk about um but yeah so just be aware when listening to this episode that we might talk about those things we probably will have to at one time or another mention those things or if you seek out the movie yeah and very much be aware if you seek out that movie um and it might be in your best interest if you are kind of curious but not sure to maybe read just a wikipedia about this film 
to get a little bit more uh, plot synopsis or breakdown of exactly what is mentioned. Uh, yeah, you might wonder why I chose such an extreme movie. Uh, I saw a thing on Twitter, uh, kind of a debate going on about exploitation movies and if those are valuable in terms of like pushing boundaries and having those discussions. And uh, I think they are, but I want us to discuss that uh, surrounding this movie. I first saw this movie. Well, I first saw Cape Fear um, when I was living in Vancouver a few years ago, but I actually saw the remake, which I thought was terrifying and I loved. And so I saw the original movie, which we'll be discussing today, on sale uh, at Best Buy. And Damn, I bought you it. got it in the bargain bin? I got it in the bargain bin. Oh, and I was wow. like, wow, I've been looking for this. So I bought it <laughs> and I watched it a few months ago and then I, I picked it for this for this episode. I saw this for the first time yesterday. And let me tell you, it's a movie. Uh, I can't tell if I like it or not, honestly. Uh, I'm definitely interested by it. There's a lot of things that I do not like about it, but there's a lot of very interesting stuff in there as well. But um, that's where I saw it. I think I would kind of say it's whack. But my mind is open. I'm willing to change my mind over the opinion (laughs) of this episode. My turn? Yes. Um, I saw this one for the first time on Tuesday. It is now Sunday. Um, for anyone at home who wants to get the <laughs> timeline. Wait, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So five days ago. Yeah, because I was busy after that. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't have time to watch it. Um, it was Wednesday night, though. So it wasn't like fresh in the morning Wednesday. Wait, wait you said Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you, I said Tuesday. bumped up the time. Okay, then it was Tuesday night. <laughs> it was actually Thursday when I watched it. <laughs> then it was then it was Tuesday night. Um cuz I watched it at night. But uh yeah, um I watched it at home. Um I watched it on okay.ru forward slash movies. <laughs> My favorite website for watching films. Um and uh, I don't know. I kind of watched it, and the entire time I wa- was watching, I was like, "Why am I watching this?" <laughs> I didn't dislike it. I didn't love it. It was just like fine. Mm. I was like, "This is a fine film." Um, I think also like contextualizing it and it being made in like 1962, uh, helped me like watch a little bit more because I feel like if it was a film that was made like in the last like 30 years, I probably would not be super into it. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, I think it's like not that whack, just upsetting. <laughs> I, I think that uh, the thing that makes me deem it whack is the same reason why I deem a lot of movies that uh, have sexual assault or intimate partner violence in them and do not even really try to deal with like the human ramifications of that. This movie is a little bit... But largely it is like the people who are actually impacted by um, sexual assault in the movie don't really get to, uh, we don't really get to see the kind of like human impact that that actually has on them. And so for me, it just kind of ends up treating it as kind of frivolous and kind of just like a thing. I mean, we're with the guy who did it and we obviously like uh, 
the movie doesn't condone any of his actions, but it also seems way more interested in the guy that did it than anyone who's actually impacted by it. Disagree. <laughs> okay, well, great point. Well, I, I don't know. <laughs> it's definitely like complicated, and it doesn't like do those topics justice in a modern sense. But I think it's interesting. Uh, I showed this to my dad, and I was like, you know, that '90s one was very extreme. But there's no way the one from the '60s is going to be like that because it's so old. And then it's almost like worse. <laughs> like it's so scary, and it's like so upsetting. But I think like. You know, the main characters aren't really affected. Can I do a plot summary? Also? Yeah. Just because we're being vague. Um, summary that. The main character of Cape Fear is uh, Gregory Peck, whose character's name I forget. Of and To Kill a Mockingbird fame, right? Of To Kill a Mockingbird yeah. fame. And that Atticus. It's just Gregory Peck. He's yeah. just playing himself. Yeah. He again plays like a noble lawyer, and he, is, uh, <laughs> he witnessed a uh, brutal assault. You think um, he's noble? Well, that's we'll, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> okay. But at least you, at the at the start, sure, you think sure. he's a noble boy. Really pretty noble and guy. he uh, witnessed a brutal assault perpetrated by a man named Max Cady, played by Robert Mitchum, and he uh, acted as a witness in court and sent uh, Cady to jail for many years. And now Cady is out of jail, and he has decided to terrorize Gregory Peck and his family, and they spend the movie trying to get him arrested or killed and eventually have to flee their homes uh, to try and escape him. It is a very scary movie. Really scary. And eventually they end up on a cape. <laughs> yeah. Not not like a superhero cape. No, like the, definitely like the, not. Like the, like the, yeah, the area. geographical <laughs> yeah. cape. <laughs> I actually, I think I counted zero superhero capes in it. I did count the one... Uh, cape like water cape <laughs> there is one cape there, yeah. there's one cape um <laughs> even before i saw the remake i was familiar Wait, with how the many, story sorry, how many capes are in the remake just so i, I think know. just the one just, okay. just cape fear okay so they stay true to the to to number of capes and i was familiar with they the story superhero capes? because there's uh the simpsons parody just ignoring it. oh yeah i was talking to my friend i was like yeah i have to watch this film for this podcast that i'm doing and I was like, it's Cape Fear. And he didn't know the 90s version uh-huh. or the like original, but he knew the Simpsons version. The Simpsons like episode is so one, good. Right? Yeah, he's it's like, one with Sideshow yeah. Bob where he, he's, he's playing like, the Katie role. Yeah. He knew like he knew that that episode was referencing something, but he like <laughs> knew nothing about the films. I just thought that, that was so funny. There are so many movies uh, that I was introduced to. like, Or I, I didn't know what they were really referencing, but I would see like a Simpsons episode. Mm-hmm. Where it was like a straight parody of that. And, and then you see like, the movie and you go, that's oh, from this? that's what that was. Yeah. yeah. I, I haven't that. seen Simpsons, Simpsons so good. episode. You haven't? You haven't seen any Simpsons episode? No, I have. I have seen two episodes because I have them on a VHS But not Cape tape, Fear? But not the Cape, Cape Fear. Cape Fear is one of the great Simpsons Which two episodes. episodes did you see? I don't know. There's one where Bart has like a little army and they're throwing water balloons. Oh, I haven't that's watched. early. Bart yeah, the they're, they're early, early episodes. There's two early episodes. There's season one. You saw the Christmas one. That first episode. Where they get Santa's little helper. I'm making a confused face. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to get back on track. Yeah, let's get back on track. You were going to defend something that I said was whack. Yes. I would say... How it dealt with the human... There's kind of a subplot 
where Katie is trying to pick up this woman at a bar. And then uh, he assaults her in a way that is left ambiguous, but it seems to be sexual. And uh, there's this scene that I think differentiates this movie from a lot of sort of exploitation things. And I'm not saying the movie handles everything well and doesn't handle a lot of stuff well by modern standards. But there's a scene afterwards where uh, the assault is investigated and you see um, why uh, the victim, who is not a big character and is not really fully given her due, but you at least understand why she'd be hesitant to report it and the limits of like uh, that reporting at the time, even though everyone in the town agrees that Katie is bad mm-hmm. um, and wants to see him go to jail. They just can't do it in this way. And it seems like uh, a lot of the movie is like at least very interested in the justice system and its failings. And I think at times wants it to be harsher and more unfair, which is strange. But it's at least like, I think an interesting thing of like the difference between morality and the law that gets explored with how our uh, idea of the main characters change. I don't know if it wants it to be harsher. Uh, I actually thought that the very, very end of the movie was the most interesting moment for me, how it kind of ends on this like celebratory monologue, or it's like, that's kind of what it seems like the celebratory monologue where Gregory Peck's like, we got you and you're going to be going to jail forever. But it's still kind of like played as kind of frightening, like the music is kind of scary. And we also understand that this man went to jail for eight years already. And clearly, there was no kind of like rehabilitation process there. They hit so many times that like he was just locked in a bar and he just grew, he was just locked in a cell and grew more and more resentful and more and more angry at everything. Um, and I, I actually think that that ending is kind of tragic because it's like, yeah, he's just going to go to jail again. And as the movie has made clear and as we all know from living in the world, um, jail in America is fucked. And it's not going to like, it's not going to be any better. And is it good that this guy is going to jail? I mean, he did terrible things. He should, he, you know, should be rehabilitated, but he's not going to get that there. He's just going to grow even more resentful and more violent. And I thought that the end was actually the most fascinating part for me. Um, but think, yeah. And I, I, sorry. Yeah. No, no I'll respond to that. Cause I can save the other things I was going to say for later. <laughs> well, I just think it's so interesting. <laughs> I don't want to be monologuing over here. So, so interesting as a thriller because it really is like a pulpy thriller at the heart of it. I think Cape Fear, it's like a noir. Um, typically what you do in a thriller is you stack the deck against the hero. Um, and this movie does that and that Katie is like almost like an unstoppable force. Like he's so scary and he's like so strong and so smart and he's always outwitting them. But in terms of like the power the two sides have, Gregory Peck has the entire police force like looking for Katie and like kind of harassing him even when he hasn't done anything yet. And uh, it's there's like Katie is so terrible that you you like are afraid of him. But there's a part of you that I think the movie wants you to respect him, that he's like able to kind of overcome these things. And it kind of creates this weird like uh, kind of contradiction in your head where it's like this guy is the worst and he's victimizing people and he's terrorizing like children and whatever. But like you understand kind of why he's so mad, mm-hmm. even though he like deserved to go to jail and everything. You understand like everyone is out to get him and like you almost respect it when he's able to wriggle out of it. 
I think it, it makes you think about these weird things. I also kind of wanted to jump back to the part um, at the woman's apartment mm-hmm. after, like, Katie uh, abuses her and then, like, disappears from the apartment. Um, I think that also sort of goes on to, like, Adam's point of, like, how, like, the justice system or I guess both of your points about how, the ju- like, the failings of the justice system where you see after also, like, she talks about, like, why she can't, like, do anything. But then also just the way that the private investigator is, like, talking at her mm-hmm. like not really to her he's just like yelling like yeah. at her like sort of like like there's no sensitivity there and it's like it, it's like of course she knows he's a bad guy because he just did this thing but there's like no sympathy there where i think like maybe that's one of the, like the failings of like the justice system or like the world that the film is pointing out is that nobody really has like sympathy for one another or nobody's trying to like un- understand one another's like points of view where it's like it I don't think it's saying that, like, you should sympathize with, like, a rapist, but I think it is saying that it's, like, that is, like, the world is, like, very separated. Like, everybody is very isolated in this, mm-hmm. like, community from one another where it's, like, there's, like, the part where the little girl is, like, running from, like, Katie, mm-hmm. like, through the school, but then, like, nobody stops to help her, and then she gets hit by a car, and everybody's just, like, she ran out into the street. They're not, like asking why she did it or anything they're just like observing yeah which is there's sort of like this weird like degrees of isolation or just like self-preservation going on yeah this kind of paranoia like she's actually running from a janitor at that point because she gets mixed up and she thinks it's katie yeah but i still took that scene in the um uh in the hotel room and maybe i I wasn't giving the movie enough credit when i saw it because i kind of took that scene as like they didn't seem very interested in what actually happened to her. And they didn't seem very interested in her. They only seemed interested in it, in how it was going to um, help them put this guy away. Like they didn't seem to care that like something terrible actually did happen to her. But maybe that was an actual, that was a decision by the movie to show, yeah, these people don't really care. Like these people don't really care about her psyche and what this is actually going to do to her. What they care about is just, well, we don't want this guy on the street, so mm-hmm. let's just put him away for whatever we can. It is hard to tell, but I think there's at least some empathy there because the way the like the private investigator played by Telly Savalas uh, keeps like kind of pushing. Yeah, we him. get it. You know their name. <laughs> he was a <laughs> he was a TV detective called Kojak. It's funny to see him be like in a I don't just know, whatever. Around. I love that you know his name. You know, <laughs> he's I still love just that. a detective though. Yeah, he is yeah. a detective. But it's <laughs> Telly Savalas keeps Playing like real against type there. pushing her. Like he's definitely motivated by uh, wanting to put Katie away because that's like his job. Yeah. But there's like the final moment of that scene is like he's like trying to get her to like testify and like go through this whole process, and she's at like the bottom of the stairs, and he's at the top like yelling at her. And I don't think you would frame it that way. It's meant to make you feel uncomfortable, I think. Yeah. Like, you're meant to understand why she's leaving. Because she's still being... Like, they're still abusing her. Yeah. And it's not, obviously, to the same extent as what Katie did. But they are still abusing... Like, they're trying to uh, assert their authority to get her to do exactly what they want. Mm-hmm. When all she wants to do is, like, get out of there. Yeah. Like, she doesn't want to talk to any of these people. She doesn't want to have to recount this at this moment. Um, yeah. But I, I just wasn't sure if like what the movie was. I, I hear that. I'm point. not positive. No, it's no, no. Like... 
I hear that point, and I, I do hear that at least like they do try to uh, get you to understand how she's feeling after this thing happened. Um, the end of the movie is just so like gratuitous to me, like how much he's going after everyone, yeah. how much he's like he's grabbing. Um, what's her name? The wife. I don't remember. It. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, the, the wife and daughter it, are complete props for sure. Yeah, exactly. They're complete props, and it's so extreme. And the only thing we're really interested in, or the movie is interested in, is how Gregory Peck is like defending them at all costs. It doesn't really matter what they're feeling. They're just. Can I just say the uh, daughter's name is Nancy? <laughs> right. <laughs> Shit, you're right. I, I w- <laughs> just on the on the last sequence, I think there's two things that are interesting. I'm not sure they completely absolve the movie of of anything, but. The the most disturbing thing in the movie is when Katie is like cornered, uh, Gregory Peck's wife, and she's like in I think a very realistic way, kind of hyperventilating, and it's like really upsetting. But what Katie is doing is he's calmly like explaining like consent laws, mm-hmm. and he's just like kind of reading them to her, and just pretty basically making it clear that even if he assaults her, you'll probably get away with it. And I don't think, I think it's definitely, like, an exploitive scene. And, like, uh, you can question the motives behind it and stuff. But I think it's intended as a critique mm-hmm. of, like, hey, these laws have holes. And this is how someone could exploit them. Um, like, I don't think you would do that if you you weren't at least, like, trying to explore that. Um, I'm not saying, like, it's, yeah, yeah. it's justified. But I think it's, like, at least interesting. And a lot of uh, movies will... No, Around sure. that time, use like gratuitous violence against women, and just like yeah, as not kind even of background. It, yeah. yeah, no, for sure. And I mean, it doesn't handle it like the greatest it could have. It's not like they are characters, but it does, like you're saying, it does actually address it in some kind of way. And I do think like the whole movie largely is about like how moral laws or moral uh, thoughts of what's right and wrong doesn't really align with uh, law and justice in the world usually um and the, the other thing point. about the final confrontation I don't know, i'm talking a lot but i think there's a sort of as you said with like the final monologue where gregory peck almost becomes villainous in like his pursuit of the law i think there's also kind of unintentional framing where when he and katie are wrestling in the mud it's hard to tell who's who and there's kind of like this thing of like Maybe he's crossed over into this moral line because the end is basically, even though he's like tried the legal ways to get him arrested and whatever, the end he's basically trying to kill him. Like he's like set up kind of this death trap yeah. to like kill him. So it's like well, he says at one point him him and his wife are prepping for it and they're like, so we're really I can't believe we ever are got to this point where we're ready to kill a man. Yeah, they're like just gonna like pretty much murder him and like in order to do that he has to follow them with the intent to kill them or whatever but uh it's still like by the end you're like is this really like a great guy and you i think the movie is literally wrestling with that when when those two characters are fighting and you have trouble seeing who's who i think also the thing is there's like a when I was watching, there was, like, also a weird thing going on with, like, how they, like, um, like, like, not just, like, Gregory Peck and, like, Katie, but all these other characters who, like, you could see, like, that other 
people were like invested in it but in a different way like they weren't as emotionally like um involved in it where it's like you can see even the like like obviously every i think the film sort of builds it up so you don't love like the lawyer that's working with katie obviously because katie's the (laughs) bad guy and he's defending a bad guy but like he's doing his job and he's Mm -hmm. doing a good job of his job whereas like um gregory peck's character is a lawyer and he's not really doing a good job of like being a lawyer yeah Yeah. totally yeah so it's sort of like playing with that where it's sort of like the people in the justice system like just don't care yeah it's not like it's not that they're like necessarily like well they care when it impacts them i think like that was the yeah yeah. that was the interesting thing yeah but i don't even don't think the how do police care like or at least maybe just his character wasn't performed that way where it didn't seem like he cared that much i think he sort of like I read it as he, like, cared about it because he didn't want it getting out sort of thing. Like, he didn't mm. want his police force looking bad, like, where it was a self-preservation mm. thing. Um, and also, like, I think that's also why he, like, was so hesitant to, like, help. Um, I don't, like, what's the, what's his character's name, Gregory Pax's character's name? I don't remember. <laughs> because, like, they did get to a certain point where he's like, I can't help you because then I will be, like, breaking the law and because then I will be, like, putting myself and like this police force at risk um which is sort of like is very much where it's like i think like this film is like one questionably like what is like morally good versus what the justice system views as good and mm-hmm. like also being like are people actually good like it's like just like <laughs> the goodness of like human nature i think it's also like looking at how people outside of the law respond to the situation versus people who like deal with the law because you see like you see, like, um, the mother and then Nancy and then this other woman. All the people that don't work with the law are, like, women. Everybody mm. else is, like, involved in the law and somehow. Um, but seeing how these people who aren't well-versed in, like, the limits of, like, the justice system um, or, like, the abilities of the justice system are, like, let's just leave, like, let's just get get out of here. Let's just leave the situation. But then, but then like, um, Gregory Peck's character is, like, no, it'll be the same somewhere else because he'll follow us. And the justice system just works the same there, or it works not as well. It works worse, and but at least here he has an advantage where he knows how to like navigate it, and he has the right like network to navigate it in a more advantageous way. Mm-hmm. Um, versus like these other people, I think like it's also like that is like part of the message where it's like you just gotta know the right people, and yeah. you just like need it may, like part of it is just like you just have to know the law to be able to use the law and if you don't know it then you're like screwed yeah but even still like like when his family is first threatened he goes to like the police chief's house it's like they're like friends and the police chief's like oh uh we'll get him for vagrancy which is just like the crime of not having any money and then like he just has some money and he like gets out of it but it's like yeah i feel like this is showing like even if you have all those advantages there's still ways to kind of like play the system um because like yeah he has like the entire police force basically working for him and he's a lawyer and he still like can't get out of it but i think also in that sense this film is sort of like pandering to the like the police system and like giving it more credit than it's like deserves or at least now more credit than like Mm. obviously like I hope not everywhere that the justice system is corrupt, but there are a lot of, like, instances where you can see, like, the corruption of, like, the justice system or certain people in it, um, where it's sort of, like, I bet you you could find one person in the, like, 
who worked for the police who would like just go like kill this dude. Yeah. I actually thought that it but, still made the police look like because really I mean even though the police chief does um, step off at a certain point, but it's still like through a lar- at least the thing I remember most from the movie is the fact that he was willing to use his position to just go after this guy that at that point he doesn't know what he did, and that was actually the most fascinating part of the movie for me like the first 30 minutes when we're just told that like this guy has done something terrible in the past but we still don't really understand and we just see gregory peck using his power uh his position of power to just like actually like assault this guy as much as he can to try and get him in jail for nothing um and yeah for me it actually made uh it made the cops come off real bad that it was like they could be doing anything with their time but they would rather just like help out their friend, try and like put this guy away who actually hasn't done anything except for be weird. <laughs> but then once it gets revealed what he's actually done, that kind of maybe you're right, and it does make the them all justified in everything they're doing. Yeah, I don't know. I, th- I still think like it'd be hard to come away from this movie and go, "Wow, the cops are really great." Yeah, I don't, I don't <laughs> think the cops are good. I just think like they in reality would be more corrupt than that. Yeah, yeah. But they're I think they're still kind of corrupt, though. They not, are, they're, they're not corrupt, corrupt, but they definitely use their power to just do what they want. What will help, help them in their, their personal I, I life. Feel, I feel yeah. like maybe also like the at this point in time, like the police force is just so messed up that it's sort of like this is like stuff like this is just expected. Yeah, and yeah. You're like right. not really phased by it, whereas like in the 1960s, as like a white upper class person, you'd probably be very like phased by it. Yeah, for and sure. I'm, you would have perceived the cops as great, and I'm um, not to help you entirely sure. Like at the time. If you're at all like if you're watching this in 1962, you might be thinking like, oh, the cops are doing all the right stuff. Mm. But I think now, regardless of the intent, it plays as a criticism because it's like they're ineffective and they're corrupt, kind of. But the whole thing is so clearly a criticism of the judicial system. I just don't know how you could come away from that and not think the cops play a role in this. You don't think it's a critique of the judicial system? I just think it's possible that I think that's how it plays now. I think it's possible that at the time he was just this scary guy. Yeah, I don't know. I think maybe at the time there's still like this like critique of the justice system, but more in the terms that you were saying where it's like the actual prison system doesn't work properly. Right. Um, And that also it's sort of like it's not that the police don't work properly. It's just that like, oh, because the laws are so flawed, the police are forced to do this. Right. They're forced to go out of their way. So we should just have better laws. Right, I right. think it, I think that's sort of more how it yeah. is intended. But then it's like that that gets into something real murky where it's like, yeah, we should just be able to arrest people for us thinking that they're weird. Like we just it, have a suspicion and we should be able to arrest them. It's which possible. almost seems like that is what the movie is fighting for. But yeah. then I thought that it was I thought that it was critiquing that at the end by being like, well, isn't it like whack that they <laughs> have gone to this extreme I, i'm not sure what the intent is and i think at a point it doesn't really matter but i think there is a way to read it without bending too much where it's kind of a fascist movie where it's like yeah they should have been able to get this guy for something <laughs> i honestly think it kind of is yeah and, but that's why the thir- first 30 minutes are the most interesting to me because that is like it, it reads as more of a critique because you don't know what he's done. You don't know that he actually has done something terrible. And at that point, I could have thought like, and I did, I start, I thought like, oh, maybe Greg Peck um, was actually making the wrong, like said the wrong thing. Maybe this guy actually didn't do anything. Right. Um, 
and he was just using his power or something. Like, I, I didn't know what the real situation was. So when I watched it, I was like, I thought that this movie was about how uh, the cops use their power to target people that they want in jail and then uh, go about their day. But really, I think it's kind of saying that they should be able to target whoever they want it, well, and put them in jail. I think now it's you can still read it in the way that it's a criticism. I think it's interesting to read it that way. But it's it's also hard to reconcile with like how monstrous Katie is. Mm-hmm. Like he's introduced by stepping on a book. <laughs> is he? I, oh yeah. The librarian <laughs> drops a book, and instead of picking it up, he steps on it, and it's like, oh, this is the bad guy. <laughs> well, I think it's also like, oh, like I remember like when I was watching it, like Katie's character just from the bat, I was just like, yeah, he seems like a scummy guy. Like, yeah, he's, it's such a performance. He's so scary. Yeah, it's. He's That's really why I thought scary. it was so good, though. And when you find out that it's true that he committed this sexual assault <laughs> and he was put in jail for eight years such a bummer to me i'm like you just took away all that nuance that i was loving where i'm like i don't know if this guy is a villain he's certainly acting like a villain but also is that fair for us to just place that on him like that guy's walking around like that he's uh he's a bad guy Mm -hmm. yeah but also i think one thing we haven't talked about which is interesting is that gregory peck fully crosses the line in terms of the law at one point and i wonder how that factors in like which part are you referring to? There's a part where he hires people to like try and kill Kate. Oh, or like yeah. at least beat him up. Yeah, and they pull they pull the like bike chain or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's also in the Scorsese one, in like the nineties one. And uh in that movie I was like, he had no other choice. Like he had to do it. And in this one I was like, I'm I'm not sure, like he's really crossing the line like yeah. by doing this. He definitely crossed know. the line on there and then uh the lawyer confronts him again after that, right? I think so. I thought that the lawyer was actually uh, really interesting because you mentioned yeah. him earlier, Nara. And I think like he does actually voice a lot of that nuance that I was uh, just talking about that I really enjoyed about it. Like, Because everything the lawyer is saying is true. I mean, Katie's a, ter- Katie's a terrible person. But like everything the lawyer is saying is right, that like they're targeting him. They're following him everywhere he goes. They're like kicked him out of his house. So it's like... If they're going to keep doing this, he's not even going to, he's not even able to live. Right. And that's unfair too. Everyone's kind of bad. Can I tell you the difference in- Good the, character. In the remake? Good character. Yeah, I like the lawyer. Good because... character. Can you acknowledge what I said? He's a good character. I said that earlier. <laughs> I said that earlier. Well, I didn't say that earlier, but I mentioned the character earlier. That's true. But it's also interesting sorry. that the lawyer is Guys, presented. I'm sorry. You should be. It's been a long day. The lawyer's presented with every... (laughs) I'm sorry. Can you accept my apology? Yes. Thank you. The lawyer's presented with every 60s movie signifier of, like, scummy lawyer. (laughs) And I think you're supposed to I kind of like them, though. Yeah, no, you do. He's, he's, like, very charismatic. You know who he made me think of? He made me think of the, uh, the lawyer in Veronica Mars who's, like, friends with the Mars family, who he's just, like, the county lawyer. Uh-huh. But he's, like, actually always, like... He does feel so much like a county lawyer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, but it's, it's he's, like, just, like, that character also where he's, like, that character operates very much in a gray area where he's, like, I just need to make money. Like, I know when these people are guilty and I know when mm-hmm. they're not, but I have no choice because I need to make money. Um, where he's just sort of, like, he's, like, there's, like, parts where, like, I think this, like, that lawyer trope comes up a lot when there's, like, I uh, like I know that this person has done something wrong but is 
is my job to defend them as best as possible. So I'm going to do that. Yeah, that's always the uh, the like fascinating thing about defense lawyers. It's like because even if because really, even if they know that the person did something wrong, um, they are there to make sure that they get a fair trial and that it can actually be proven that the person did something wrong. And I think that's like, that's a really difficult job. Um, and kind of a more noble job than the person who's like trying to put that person away. Right. Because the job of the person that's trying to put them away is just like, I want to ruin this person's life. Even if they're. Yeah, even if they're in it. Like, I just need to prove that they're, uh, they did this. Whereas the job of the defense lawyer is, if they have the right heart of hearts, is I'm going to make sure that it's like proven beyond reasonable doubt that this person actually did something. This is literally the perfect segue because oh wow. I just want to tell you the the main difference in story in the remake is that uh, the lawyer character, like the main character. Um, Greg Peck? Yes. Who's it played by? Nick Nolte. But the Nick Nolte character wasn't a witness to the assault. He was Katie's defense lawyer. And he knew Katie did it and didn't defend him properly. Mm. So then Katie's out to get him. Uh, for thought, that reason, which is so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's better. I, I thought that he actually, when the movie started and he was going into a courtroom and I was like, yeah. I assumed that it was that he had been like the defendant or, or the, the prosecutor. Or yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> like he uh, that's was involved in the trial, not as a witness. Because mm-hmm. um, it is a little bit sweaty that. <laughs> he just happens to be a lawyer. Yeah. He's he just also a lawyer. Yeah. Like, I mean, it makes sense, but he could have just been a cop. He could have been any kind of other. Um, like law system, yeah, law justice authority. <laughs> like it is kind of weird that he's a. Yeah, he just like make he just fills out like parking tickets. Yeah, could have been. Could have been. If Probably go, wouldn't have had the same connects, but. If we go with the fascist read, or just like the very base level read of the movie, I think it's like they're trying to make you go. This is the most noble guy in the world, yeah. and he's being terrorized by the worst guy in the world. I think that is. The, <laughs> the movie. That, I mean, they also casted Greg Peck, who's America's sweetheart. That yeah. is true. Also, it's based off of a book. Yes. Has anybody read the book or read about no. the book? Negative. Because I'm, I'm like, I just wonder sort of like what the message of the book would be. And mm-hmm. also when the book was written. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't care enough to like look it up. But I think neither reading of the movie fully works. Like, I don't think you can fully go it's this fascist movie when the lawyer is breaking the law uh, to try and save himself. And he's making these speeches about locking up the sky forever and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also doesn't fully work as a critique of the justice system because Katie is so terrible that you have to root for him to get locked up. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that's why it's so interesting to it's, me. It's that's like, why I came away from it and I was like, I don't know if I like it, but it is interesting. What are you going to say, Nora? Sorry, <laughs> I cut you off to say something that wasn't very important. No, I was just going to say, is the message of the film just that people are terrible? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it might be, and that kind of sucks. Like, honestly, every or, person in the movie kind of sucks. Or maybe it's like a kid. Except for Nancy. I actually like the kid a lot. Yeah, I, Nancy's good. Like, it's a good performance because you, you see that she's like a smart person. Like, you yeah. can tell like the kid is smart. Nancy irritated me, but for, like, no other reason besides I didn't like her hair. <laughs> um, but that's fine. I like that they, uh, that Greg Peck actually treated her like she was an adult mm-hmm. and was like, you deserve to know. Because normally a kid would just be totally shielded from that. Yeah. And then the whole thing would be, like, 
I mean, she was still scared when she sees him, but I think it would hit that even harder that it's like uh, she's totally sheltered. And then when she sees the guy, it's like, well, there's a scene in the Scorsese that like, like really plays with the idea that she's naive. It's very scary, but it's also kind of stupid. Yeah. I like that she is actually smart, but then she also just doesn't really have uh, the means when he is approaching to like defend herself yeah yeah it's like where is she gonna go she tries to run at the school but there's no one there to help yeah there's no one on the street that's gonna help she's defenseless but it's not because she's not smart like she knows this guy's a threat and i gotta get away Mm -hmm. um but yeah everyone does kind of (laughs) suck and that kind of sucks i don't want to see a movie where everyone's i'm I'm just gonna you said this already but the the the, katie's lawyer doesn't suck yeah, Katie's it, lawyer. I think you're supposed to hate Katie's lawyer. I think you're supposed to, but I think yeah, that's also just because Katie's a bad person, so you don't like anyone that's on Katie's side. Yeah, he's but doing his think, job. If you think about it, he's just doing his job. He's doing a good job at his job, too. Yeah. So, like, there's no reason to dislike him. <laughs> it's just because by association, he's bad. <laughs> you dislike him in a fascist read of this. Because yeah. you're like, he shouldn't... That job should not exist. We should just persecute this guy. Right. Or he's being dishonest, I think is how you're yeah, supposed to read it. Yeah, I guess he's being dishonest. He's being like that's, slimy. That's the job of a defense lawyer. Yeah. And also, like, he's only pointing out stuff that, like, they did actually do. Like, yeah. they're saying, like, you went to his house, yeah. staked outside. Like, they're just yeah. pointing out the things that they actually did that were against the law. Or that were at least abusing their power. Yeah. I... I don't mind a movie where everyone's terrible when it is a horror movie. And I think this is a horror yeah, movie. Yeah, I guess it is a horror It's like a thriller that's so scary yeah. that it yeah. becomes a horror movie. I think at a certain point, it was just like so much of, like yeah. I realized that because all the characters were so unlikable, I just realized at a certain point, I was just like, I wasn't even like scared. I didn't even care about the stakes anymore. I'm like, you're all bad people. I don't care what happens to you. I was actually into it mostly until the boat stuff at the end. And yeah, why are they on a houseboat? So over the top, and they're on a houseboat. <laughs> and that one, that one cop who's staking out just gets killed because he was trying to kill a mosquito. <laughs> I actually think that's like a pretty like technically impressive sequence, but you gotta like get through the fact that they're using the life and kid as these props. Yeah, that's that's what I was saying uh, at the opening of my whether or not I thought it was whack. Like, that's the stuff that most made me think, like, yeah. this movie doesn't really care about the victims mm-hmm. of his assault. It just is more interested in how bad the assault is, which is bad, but it should care more about the people that are actually affected by it, not just this guy who's really bad and Greg Peck who wants revenge. I think what's interesting, though, is there's a... I think this movie, intentionally or not, gets to the heart of, like most american like defend your family movies Mm. where it's like just like completely goes for the most extreme things it can yeah and then it's kind of reminded me of prisoners yeah Um, it's like like how far do you go before you become the villain and all these movies are based on this idea like you have to be the man and defend your family and it's like i think it's interesting that it pits him against a guy who is like the devil that actually does make me Think of one moment that I really like, which is one of the brief moments where the wife gets to do anything. When he, when Greg Peck grabs the gun and he's going to go and like kill him, presumably. And she's like, no, oh, like, yeah. you can't do that. Like you're going to ruin all of our lives. Uh, and she like tries to call 911. Um, but then he comes back and decides not to do it. But um, yeah, that moment for me was tapping into what you're just saying where it's like, 
he he is becoming the villain just as much and she's clearly pointing that out he's like if she's like if you go and do that you're just as bad as this guy you're gonna murder someone like that's not really nice and that also shows like just like sort of my read of the film also where it's like um it is like i think gregory peck's character really like he cares about his family obviously but i think he cares a lot more about himself and how he operates in his family yeah because it's like he rather like you can see it as like he doesn't want to ruin their lives and he cares about them but also like his life would be ruined because he would go to jail because she's calling the cops on him Mm -hmm. and he doesn't want max katie following him around because it's ruining his life it's i don't like also by extension it's ruining his family's life but i even like if he didn't have his family max katie would still be following him around so it is ultimately about like mr greg's character mm-hmm. <laughs> so like I, I like i don't know maybe i don't know gregory, gregory peck's character not good bad 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 he didn't he didn't even get that one pin when they were bowling <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he's not even that good at bowling. Well, he was distracted though. I think was the implication. Yeah. Yeah. He would yeah, have got. Was... He would have got that spare. No, but if he would have you're got a good spare. bowler, you can do it with even with distractions. You just know you can just do it. Yeah, that's true. Who was it? A uh, it was um Nancy's friend that got the strike, right? Or was it Nancy? <laughs> One of them got a strike. Nancy, and then Na- was Gregory Peck was too distracted to even see you. Yeah, but I think that that scene like he's good is... at bowling. She's Sorry. smart and she's good at bowling. Sorry to get and on she the... can paint a boat. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to get on the dark stuff again, but I think that scene is—it's one of the things where it's like the movie just doesn't have a lot of taste, and it's just like, let's just dial this up to ten. So yeah. like right away, Katie is like kind of sexually threatening his wife and daughter in like the first scene. Yeah, and you're like, can like somebody even say this in 1962? Like it's like so surprising. And I feel like it's kind of more honest than a lot of movies that like kind of play the exact same story like more respectably. Mm. Um, and other than like Straw Dogs, which is even more extreme, I think it's one of the purest like of these sort of revenge movies where it's like this is like the male ego, like almost like deconstructed, like this is what you're supposed to be afraid of. This guy is the scariest thing. He has less money than you, but he's smarter and stronger and like he's going to get you and your family. I just think it's interesting. Yeah. No, that's a good point. Do you have more? Um, I just thought it was a good point. <laughs> what, I can't just... No. I, nice. I can p- point you... out some of my favorite uh, funny parts of this film, even yeah. though this film is not intentionally funny at any time. <laughs> um, I thought it was really funny when the girl in the bar said, are you trying to pick me up? And then he just walks away. And she's just like, <laughs> who? Like, ew. Um like that's her like i think like that's just so funny that she says that yeah and like nothing happens she just says that in like the most disgusted voice <laughs> um and then the part where uh gregory peck and his wife leave and they say whatever and then his daughter wants to go with go with them and she's like no you are a massive step in evolution you have to stay here and paint the boat that was a zinger um and then the part where katie's walking through the water but you just see his head oh that was kind of sick that was so funny to me i was like that's not threatening that's just hilarious (laughs) it's just like a head like floating through the water um and then the good old fisticuff moment 
when when Gregory's they're like, punching him. Yeah. When oh, they're yeah. like punching each other, but it is like actually just like the definition of fisticuffs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Does he even really land a punch? I think you're supposed to see it as kind of weak. Okay. Because it's like, this is like the best he can do at this point, and then now right. Katie can use that also, assault against him forever. Would that gun even work? Because it was like underwater. Yeah, I don't know about that. They did that on Mythbusters. Uh, bullets do travel uh, much slower underwater. No, but no, like with the gun like break. Once it got wet. Yeah, but uh, bullets do travel much slower <laughs> water. Okay. Because I don't know much about guns, but I was just like, in my mind, I was That's like, good. gunpowder get wet. <laughs> Wait, guns have gunpowder? Yeah, the bullet has a tiny bit of gunpowder that makes an Ooh. explosion that fires the bullet. Oh. <laughs> So not that Katie <laughs> is cool in any way, but I really like the way Robert Richards says, like the cop pulls like a baton at him at, at the beginning. And then he's like, you're going to need the riot squad. <laughs> <laughs> they kind of do. A great Although I think you might have said that earlier, like they do make you try to think he's cool. Yeah. I think. Yeah. At least like, you, you know, the movie Vice, terrible movie, really bad. <laughs> Didn't I get a bunch of award nominations? <laughs> yeah, but that doesn't mean shit. <laughs> really bad movie. But uh, in the same way, like in Vice, uh, it hits the point that Dick Cheney's a terrible guy, but you're also supposed to be kind of like impressed at how he's like using his uh, position to do all these awful things. Like that's the way that I think the movie is playing him, which is very um, bad of the movie and uh i really did not like it but i think this movie is also doing something similar in a smarter way mm-hmm. um i think it's making you understand why people how people could be attracted to him like you understand why the woman goes home yeah then with him from the party he's, like, he's charis- so confident he's charismatic, charismatic. Yeah. he's confident he like he does know all these loopholes he does know how to uh get away with whatever he wants like he's he's a smart guy and I don't know. I think you are supposed to think he's kind of cool and I, impressive I, at how he does it. I just hated him the entire time. I hate him too. And I don't want to think he's impressive. I the didn't think he was impressive. Like I just sure. thought he was annoying. I was just like, oh, stop. <laughs> you're the worst. But I think there's there's another sort of thing, which I think is what you're saying. But there's like kind of a Wolf of Wall Street train spotting thing where it's like the movie's trying to condemn something, but it's also trying to show you why it's appealing. Right. And I think it's like, right. There, yeah, you see how he can kind of flip two-faced as well. Like, there's a scene where he kind of is forcing Gregory Peck to buy him drinks. So, like, he'll keep talking. Mm-hmm. But you see him be charming with the waiters and stuff and then go right back to, like, being menacing and awful. Was he being charming with the waiters? I thought the waiters saying, were like, just, like... my cousin. Yeah, I my cousin. the waiters were just very confused by him. <laughs> yeah. The waiters just, like, very confused. The waiter's like, all right. That guy really <laughs> wants me to know he's his cousin. I'd also really hate if I was a waiter and I was serving another table and then somebody just yelled at me and ordered from a different table. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. You know what else I hated when I worked at a service job? When people just threw money at you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's the worst. Or when they put it, like, on the counter, but, like, not even, like, close to you on the counter. It's, like, near them, and I'm like... like, Just hand it to me. Yeah. I'm not doing anything. (laughs) Yeah. Or when they're, like, when you put on so much butter on their popcorn, (laughs) and then they're, like... Uh, you didn't put enough butter on. And I'm like, okay. And I put on more. And then they're like, put on more. And I'm like, I put on so much. And they say, put on more. 
And I'm like, why don't you get back here and do the butter yourself? <laughs> and they're like, all right, I will. And they climb over the counter. And they start happen? pouring the butter <laughs> all this? over themselves. What is this and a reference to? they start to? dancing. They go, um, hey, Macarena, Macarena, Macarena. Hey, Macarena, Macarena, oh, Macarena. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I just don't, don't like Don't you it. hate when that happens? I hate when that happens. I just don't like when people ask for plastic bags and then complain about how much plastic is being used. Yeah. Or when, um, serve, like, when, like, A&W has, like, paper straws, but then you put it in plastic, plastic tops. Hmm? I you like know, that A&W like, yeah, has a lot of coupons. Yeah. yeah, I do love, and they're Beyond Meat burgers. <laughs> yeah, there's coupons. And if you screenshot the coupon, you can use it a bunch of times. There's an A&W by your house now. There's so many. It's been by my house for a while. I don't go in that neighborhood that much. Okay. I live on the other side of the city. Did you just see it when you went to get the gear from my house? Yeah, but I think I knew it was there. No. Wait, that, is that where the donut place used to be? What donut? No. Okay. Never mind. It's where there, there was a Chinese supermarket that was a fire and it burned Oh, down. yeah. Sorry. I was thinking of there's a donut place. So are you falling asleep? <laughs> So I've just never been to the East I knew that end, something so. happened at that corner, but I got it confused with uh, there was a donut shop at Harvard and Bathurst oh, that okay. a car uh, drove into by accident. The Krispy Kreme? Yeah. Was it a Danish shop before and then after the car drove through, it was a donut? <laughs> <laughs> that was such a funny Ooh. joke. That's all, folks. <laughs> I'm here yes, all yes, yes. <laughs> Oh, put him in jail for that one. That's just a good joke. Should we wrap up the episode because yes. we're off topic and yes. we've recorded for an hour? Yes. Only been an hour? Yeah. Let's keep talking. How's your weekend? <laughs> we got, I think we got it's it. It's actually been it. an hour and seven minutes, so. Yeah, okay, so how was your week days? <laughs> I thought uh, Nancy was wearing a cool outfit when she went bowling. I don't remember mm-hmm. what the outfit was. And the police chief was sure played by Martin Balsa. And the main guy was played by Gregory Peck. <laughs> yep. The, the Gregory Peck uh, played uh, Gregory Peck. <laughs> um, Greg Peck, right? You'd call him that? Yeah, Greg. Well, yeah. I started Greg. calling him Greg halfway through the episode, and then we picked it up. I don't yeah. know if anyone else has ever called him Greg Peck. I sure love, somebody has. I love that. I love shortening people's names who have long <laughs> names, like like famous people. Like uh, I called James Cameron Jim Cameron. Call Christopher Nolan, Chris Nolan. Just love that stuff so much. You on board? Yeah. Sure. Whatever. Sebastian Dector, Seb Dector, <laughs> Nara Rigglesworth. Nara Riggs. Nara Riggs. Adam Bovalettis. Adbo. <laughs> Adbo. Oh, let's get Adbo on the pod. <laughs> that's such a cool name. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Fire up this uh, wackometer. Oh yeah. Um, should I say my whack rating first out of five? So, just to recap, Spring Breakers, 2.55 out of 5. 3.66 out of 5. Uncle Drew, this, this score is crazy. 2.66 out of 5. 2.66. So now our, our, our whack movie is still head. And it's not even that whack. We ha
We gotta find some more whack. Yeah, we gotta find some more whack. Well, we'll see. What is this? Um, I I personally think it's like like a one point five. Um, but I think I think that rating is more so not that this film is like unconventional in any way, but just that like it's just so hard to read what it's actually trying to do. So I'm like, all right. That's valid. Yeah. Yeah, and for that reason, I'm gonna give it a whack. I'm gonna give it a whack score of a of a four. Four. No, because I <laughs> it's a three. It's a three. It's a three, <laughs> but for different whack reasons than I've given other stuff. I don't really love it, but that's besides the point. We're not talking about whether we like or dislike the movie. We're talking about if we think it's whack. I'm going to go to three out of five for the worker. Three out of five for you? That, that's five. double what I gave it. <laughs> You're right. I was also going to give it a three, I swear. Okay, that's two threes. Did you look at my answers? <laughs> when, like, when you said it? Yeah. <laughs> did, did, you look, did you look at my mouth when I said those words? How's your cough? It's okay. It's getting better. Are you feeling less or more sick? Ooh. Let's see. Ooh. All right. We stalled enough time. Guess what? Guess what? What do we got? So far, this is still a decimal decimal number, but so far this is the the lowest. Oh, this is the least whack film. I thought it was gonna be the most. Wow. This is the least whack film. It is a two point five, wow, which makes it point five, point five less than uh, or point zero five less than Spring Breakers. Wow. When I said dead even, I meant dead even in the center of the scale. Oh, okay. the wackometer. Okay, so we got the least whack movie ever. <laughs> what do you think is the least whack movie ever? What is something we will never talk Schindler's about on this List. podcast? Yeah, Schindler's <laughs> List. That's not whack at all. 12 Years a Slave. Yeah. Those movies are just good. Yeah. Uh, Rocky. I watched Schindler's List while I was babysitting, and it made me very unhappy. <laughs> yeah, that's a bad babysitter movie. I also watched Spring Breakers while I was babysitting. Did you watch Rocky while you were babysitting? I have not watched Rocky. Immediately after I watched Schindler's List, because I only watched half of it, half of it, because I watched half of it in class, um, and I had like another hour left. I watched an episode of Gossip Girl, and boy, was that a weird mood shift. <laughs> <laughs> was it the one with Lin Manuel Miranda? Wait, that's not Gossip Girl. What's the show? He was in like one episode, and they did like a musical episode of it. Glee. <laughs> no, it wasn't a musical show. Usually, that's the, that was the fun of it. No, I think it was like Buffy or something. Buffy does have a musical episode, like Buffy. before he was famous. Yeah. Oh yeah, could be Buffy. But I don't think he was in Buffy's. Yeah, it's probably not Buffy. It wasn't the. I remember. I've read about this. Yeah. Scrubs. No, it was like no, a. I'm pretty sure it was like a teen. It was a teen show. Yeah. Oh what. We'll look it up after. Friday or Night Lights. People will want to know. One Should I look Hill. this up? Um, it wasn't the OC. Oh, but, uh, <laughs> people um, are going to want to know this. Keep brainstorming. Teen Wolf. Keep brainstorming. Was it pre-Teen Wolf? Vampire Diaries. Pre-Teen Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> pre-Teen Wolf. Come on. Um, I'm going to go through more in my head. Friday Night Lights. Did I ever say that one? Maybe. Um, 90210. Um... Uh, I can't think of more. How I Met Your Mother. 
Oh, really? Was that it? was it? How I Met Your Mother. Ew. Yeah. Boring. So that's it wasn't even, a teen that's show. That's not even a teen. That's not even. Only Never teen mind. shows are good. Only teen shows are good. Yeah. Next week, uh, keep yeah. your ears peeled. Keep your ears peeled. Mm. There's a couple cool be, episodes coming up. Gonna be some fun episodes. Something <laughs> unexpected. Oh, yeah. Left field. Something. Something that's gonna be fun for everyone. Fun yeah. for the whole family, or at least most of the family. <laughs> yeah, we might be collaborating with. Uh, Fun, fun group. Fun people. We may have already collaborated with months ago. Mm-hmm. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, but I don't know. We're just, it's all up in the air. You know, you know. Thank you for listening. Could hear anything next week. Thank you for uh, bearing with us while we talk about a very difficult movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Called Cape Fair. Sorry, guys. It's all right. It was a good conversation. If you want to watch it, it's available on OK. Dot. <laughs> OK. Dot RU forward slash movies. It does have Spanish subtitles, I believe. <laughs> um. This is, um, I'm not, this is a whack. Cue the music, Ian. Bye. That's a call back to the start of the episode. I remember that. Okay, I'm gonna stop this recording now. Thank you for listening to another episode of Is It Whack? Thank you to Ian Mills for our music, the one I just sung and the ones that you've heard throughout. Thank you to Emma Kudlak for our art. We are a production of Insomniac Film Festival. Go to insomniacfestival.com or at insomniacfest on Instagram to learn more about us and what we do. Next week, we're going to be talking about Total Recall, the original. So come back, listen to it, tell your friends, tell your family, hell, tell your neighbors. We'll see you there. Bye-bye.